We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. We're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. The freshly manicured Zach Kelberman in the house. Zach, first of all, nice haircut, high and tight. That's the way it's got to be. Always. Uh, Second of all, gut reaction to what happened today with Jerry Judy and just walk everybody through what happened for every, for those who've been at work grinding, maybe they, their phone buzzed with an alert, but they really don't know the full scope of, of the situation with Jerry Judy and his injury. I think the broader situation is that John Elway indeed sold his soul for SB 50. This team is, is beyond cursed Chad. I mean, especially at wide receiver, you lost Tim Patrick to an Achilles. You lost Jalen Virgil to a meniscus. And now on an end around that happened during joint practice today with the Rams, Jerry Judy goes down. Uh, For those who didn't see it, he was carted off the field. He could put barely any weight on his leg. He was visibly frustrated. Everyone assumed, including myself, it was another season-ending injury. Fortunately, there is some positive news to report per NFL Network. He has a moderate hamstring injury that's expected to keep him out for several weeks, but it's not considered long-term. He'll probably end up missing week one, maybe week two, but he'll be back more than likely in the first quarter of the season, though hamstrings tend to linger, but it could have been season-ending. It could have been truly worst-case scenario, but it's not. But they're going to be without their top receiver. And if I'm Cortland Sutton, the only uniform I'm wearing until September 10th, week one, is bubble wrap. Yeah, man, it's like when it rains, it pours. The three, I guess, four main injuries, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Tim Patrick since training camp started, Tim Patrick, wide receiver, KJ, more of a condition than an injury, but nevertheless, KJ Hamler, wide receiver. Hit the peck too. That's true, off-season peck. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, he's back in the saddle pretty much though. Brandon Johnson was hurt too for a while. Another that's receiver. True. Brandon Johnson. Okay, so that's that's three receivers out of four kind of key injuries. And now Judy. So, yeah, it does feel like uh, the Broncos are a little bit snake bitten. And I like your analogy that the only deduction here, not an analogy, but the only deduction c- can be John Elway did some uh, 
some fuzzy math uh, to to uh, sell his soul for the uh, Super Bowl 50. Oh, did you see what Sean Payton said today, though, about the notion of being snake bitten? He doesn't believe in it, but like, what else could it be if it's not a curse? They've changed out the entire strength and conditioning staff. These injuries have occurred not only in Dove Valley, they've occurred in other uh, facilities and stadiums. If it's not a curse or a hex or the devil playing tricks on the Broncos, I don't know what it is, Chad, but uh, apparently Sean doesn't believe in that. The uh, Papa Bear, as he is known in his neck of the woods, David McElrath jumping in. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate your support early. Sorry we're late today. It was my fault. Uh, long story that none of you probably want to hear, but uh, appreciate your guys' patience. David, appreciate your support. And he's saying, uh, Jerry Judy, still 12-5 and five plus. Buckham, times six. He's, he's doubling down here because this <laughs> normally times three for David. MHH for life and uh, Denver Broncos for life. Plus we got, thank you, David. We got Jonathan Ward jumping in with a very generous super chat as well. You. Appreciate you, bro. He says, okay, in a blink of an eye, uh, down goes another starter and we haven't even played a game that matters. Hard not to feel down about this one. Not Jerry. I know it's, it's a tough situation here. Um, but guys, let me read to you real quick. All right, let's talk about uh, what Sh Sean Payton's outlook on this is. And you could say that, yeah, of course he's going to say this. He's kind of selling his team. He's selling the media and thus the fan base, the perception of the Broncos, uh, a specific line uh, or, uh, you know, position. Quote, some uh, quote, someone wrote the other day, and you guys asked me a question. I'm pleased with where we're at. We've had two significant injuries, obviously, an Achilles and an ACL. It's just me. I don't believe in being snake bitten. I think we've had a really good offseason program. Bo Lowry, the new executive, and these guys have done a great job of getting, then he cuts off. We've had a number of players now all coming back. I forgot about Simmons being injured, uh, McGlinchey and others. They'll all be healthy and ready for Vegas. Uh, I think if you look around and truly try to analytically, analytically evaluate the other 31 teams, you would see, I can't speak for a year ago where we were at this time, but I don't feel anything unusual. You want to stay healthy, yada, yada, yada. So how do you react to that, Zach? I, a lot of it, I think, is um, coach speak. What else is he going to say? I mean, he's going to say we're cursed and we suck and the training sucks. He's going to stick up for his guy, Bo Lowry. He's going to stick up for his guy, Dan, D Dale, Dan, whatever, Dalrymple, uh, the new uh, strength coach. And he's going to just maintain a positive posture. And like he said, when he was asked who's going to step up in Judy's absence, he, you know, he pointed to the fact the Broncos have a lot of guys. And I know they're not Jerry Judy, but you still have Marvin Mims. You have Marquez Calloway, Montrell, Kendall Hinton, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Brandon Johnson, Michael Bandy. Um, and the one dude that I can't remember, uh, what's his name, with the solid hands. Oh, uh, the rook undrafted rookie? Yeah, him oh too. Oh my gosh, uh, weird name, unique name. It'll come to me. Keep talking though. That was it though. That's, so they have, you know, they have the same parts. Yeah, Taylor Grimes, there you go. So hopefully in Sean Payton's system, he's made no-name receivers into fairly household names. Maybe with Brandon Johnson or Taylor Grimes or somebody else, Marvin Mims, second-round rookie, he can do just that. And again, this is not a season-ending injury like with Tim Patrick or Jalen Virgil. Jerry Judy will be back, but until that time, they're going to have to uh, work some magic. KB, with a very generous super chat, thank you, bro, wants to know, with the recent bad news, should Denver kick the tires on and kill Harry? Nikhil Harry, sorry. Uh, what do you think, Zach? I don't know. He was cut from the Vikings today, but he's he's a former Patriots bust. I don't know if there's any 
blood to squeeze out of that rock with uh, Harry. I'd rather, I always say it, I'd rather the younger players, the in-house guys who've been in the system, who've been at Broncos training camp practicing, get the first crack at replacing JJ. Whether, again, that's Johnson or Mims or Callaway, I feel more confident with them than picking up somebody's leftovers and then kill Harry. I think, honestly, this means you kind of next man up it. And the next yeah. man up is Marvin Mims. And it's going to be kind of a trial by fire. Welcome to the NFL first couple of weeks for the, the rookie out of Oklahoma. But that's often how it goes for players who you that, that break out, not necessarily break out, but players who end up out kicking their coverage and doing better than the projection because somebody ahead of them got injured. Their opportunity grew. They got more snaps, more exposure, and uh, they rise to the occasion. I think that's I could be I could be a little bullish here on on Mims because he has had a little bit of a up and down training camp preseason Zach because of his own hamstring injury. Um sure. but he is basically back in the in the swing of things. He's healthy. So if I'm a fly on that wall in uh Dove Valley in these meetings, I'm guessing that's something the coaches are talking about like hey in the event we don't have Jerry for week one, week two, et cetera, who are we going to lean on to do some of the stuff he does? Because, oh, man, what he does with his route running and the way he's able to create separation, he can really clear things out. Um, and so hopefully, you know, Marvin Mims steps up and and answers the bell. I don't know what it is with hamstring injuries. You, you're right about Mims. He had dual hamstring um, issues. KJ Hamler famously had hamstring issues in college and during his uh, his infantile career with the Broncos. And now, um, you know, another lower body injury for Jerry Judy, who missed, um, I think, seven games in 2021 with an ankle and two games last year with an ankle. Injuries are a part of the sport, but at some point you have to examine why is our entire receiving room year after year, despite coaching changes and conditioning changes, why are they always ravaged? What is really going on? Naj, let's see what Naj has to say on the subject. Thank you, bro. Very, very generous. Number one super chat of the night so far. And of course, it's going to be Naj leading the way. He says, hey, brothers, not sure about selling souls, but definitely feels like we got the evil eye on the team. Got to break through with some force of good. Anyway, realistically, where do we go from here at wide receiver? Yeah, that's the thing is I understand the feeling and we joke about it. And sometimes gallows humor is what it takes to kind of get through sticky, rough situations. But this doesn't I don't panic over this. I'm not I'm not going, oh, this casts aspersions on the entire operation. You know, like some people on Twitter today that I, I won't name because I'm not trying to shot call or anything are like, ha, ha, ha. For those people who were using Lauren Landau as a scapegoat to to solve all, you know, blame basically for all the Broncos injury um, woes over the last four years, you know, basically, ha, 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 how do you feel now? And it's like, look, first of all, that's not helpful. Second of all, you cannot debate how bad the Broncos were in the injury department over the four years he was in charge. I mean, look at where it ranked in the league. Eric did a very nice, Eric Trickle did a very nice analytical breakdown of that. Uh, in December, uh, two games maybe left in the season. And suffice to say, the Broncos were in the top five. First of all, they were the worst team last year. And in that four-year period under Landau, they were a top five most compromised team because of the injury bug. So you can laugh and say, ha, 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 
you know, how do you feel now for people wanting to scapegoat Lauren Landau? But that was the bottom line. That was the truth. Change needed to come. But the flip side of that coin, Zach, is that it's still football. It's right. still an explosive, violent, dynamic war of attrition. And even in practice, these young players, they're twitched up, right? They're they're jacked up. Their natural frames have, in some cases, 40, 50, 60, 70. Who knows how many pounds of muscle on top of their natural frame so they can armor up and be strong and play football. Then you put into that, Zach, the cutting and the exploding and the twisting and all the stuff that they do with pads on, right? Added weight to that frame additionally, and then throw in the contact. And it's just natural part of the game, all right? But because, Zach, it's so closely on the heels of this preceding four years of doom where the Broncos really were snake-bitten, uh, I understand why fans, the natural thing is, hey. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go again, but I'm not there yet. I think pump the brakes, let the chips fall. It's going to be okay. What do we do at wide receiver here, Zach? You're absolutely right. Both things could be true. Lauren Landau was a problem, and there's also an ongoing issue still with Broncos players, specifically wide receivers, going down. So you're right, not helpful at all, and I kind of ignore that that commentary. To answer Naj's question, though, if there was a good time for this to happen, I would say it's now and I'm not just saying that because it's August, but because before the third preseason game takes place, here's your chance. I mentioned all the other receivers you have behind Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims, and Callaway. This is your chance in the, in the preseason finale to see who steps up, who can fill that void, and kind of formulate your depth chart from there. So, Naj, I don't see the Broncos running out and signing a Sammy Watkins or a Julio Jones I don't see them for now trading a late round pick for I, I read uh Traquan Smith from the Saints could be a target for the Broncos. I think in the very, very, very short term, they're gonna go to war against the Rams on Saturday with who they have and then see who separates from the pack and who they want to keep on the 53, at least initially. Uh Hector, appreciate the kind words, my dog. Thanks for being with us this evening. Uh Cloud9 TK. This is a 
Super chat superstar, been with us a long time, but it has been a minute. So welcome back. Great to see you. Says, I think it's time to trade Jerry Judy. He just can't stay healthy every year. He's hurt. Hashtag paper mache. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the Broncos track record of recent history, Zach, for being snake bitten, but Jerry Judy has struggled to stay on the field. He's probably been one of the one of the most um I don't know. Like one of the most cursed guys relative to that. Not as bad as, say, KJ Hamler, but year one was the closest thing he had to a complete season and even then wasn't quite there. Uh, missed basically half of year two. Last year, uh, missed a little bit of time, but it wasn't crazy amount of time. So, unfortunate, yeah. I just don't want to get too knee-jerk, but because before the injury, Jerry Judy was dominating training camp. I mean, he was looking like a Pro Bowl receiver, and he still could be when he comes back. He has that natural talent. Um, Cloud9, I respect your opinion on this, but I heard the same thing the entire offseason. Well, the Broncos should trade Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, get rid of them both. Imagine where they would be right now, Chad, if the Broncos had traded Cortland Sutton. They'd be down to Marvin Mims and Callaway and Lil Jordan Humphrey. That would be your starting receivers. So I think a little patience and a little understanding goes a long way here. Judy's talent is undeniable. His ceiling is, uh, you can't even see it anymore. It's so high in the sky. And under Sean Payton, he was really poised and still is poised to fully break out. So I know it's frustrating. I know it's the woe is me. Here we go again the last seven years, but he will be back. And I feel like when he gets healthy again, you're going to see that talent really shine. Keep in mind too, guys, you know, when, when an entire training, health, nutrition, that whole thing, that, that program is changed. You really can't start measuring the effectiveness thereof till year two. All right. Um, and especially when things are brand new, changing the way you train, as Scott brings up uh, in our in our chat, per, our private chat, they're going to be early injuries. Next year is the better tell for the effectiveness of the new staff. Plus, Cloud9, love you, appreciate you, big dog. But if he's always hurt and he's overpaid, he underperforms, he drops passes, how are you going to trade him? Right. right? Um, so think about that. But um, much love and respect. It's so great to see you tonight, big dog. Appreciate you contributing to the conversation. Claude in the house, throwing down some stars on Facebook. What's up, big dog? Great to see you, my brother. Appreciate your support, as always. Uh, Albert Knopper saying Brandon Johnson should step up now. Uh, Zach, what do we know about where things stand with Brandon Johnson? I mean, even before these injuries, when Virgil was healthy and Judy was healthy, Brandon was getting some run with the ones. And then he went down with his own, I think it was an ankle, something like that, that kept him on the shelf. But he really has... Um, perimeter potential in a Sean Payton offense. And you can tell that he has some sort of trust with the coaching staff, some sort of chemistry with Russell Wilson. I'm not going to say he should supplant Marvin Mims or Cortland Sutton, but as a developmental guy or a, a primary backup, I think he's your man that can step up in Judy's absence. Indeed. And as Dylan says, deep breath, Broncos country. George, Appreciate you, bro. Great to see you in the chat tonight. He says, what's your opinion on Trey Lance? Denver Bronx for Live, MHH for Live. Great pod, guys. Thanks. We're going to answer this question for you, George. All right. And then we're also going to get to a uh, big rumor that exploded today relative to the Broncos trade market and a disgruntled All-Pro. First things first, Zach, how you feeling about one Trey Lance? 
I'm in the minority, I feel, where I don't want the Broncos to waste their time, their energy, or their draft picks on a project quarterback. They've been there, done that. Maybe not with Sean Payton, but historically, since Peyton Manning, they've gambled and they've come up empty time and time and time again. I don't think Trey Lance will end up coming to Denver. I've heard the Vikings could make a play for him. And um, why would he when there's two quarterbacks already behind Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson's locked in as the $50 million starter. They paid Jared Stidham. Ben DiNucci's look good in preseason. Why would Lance want to come here? And why would the Broncos want Trey Lance? Miss me on that. Miss me on that. Um, it happens, but it's pretty rare where a highly drafted, you know, top five dude. Well, he was top five, wasn't he? He was number two, right? I, I think three. Three? Yeah. Um, anyway, where he burns out, fails to launch in his original NFL home, and then goes on to succeed. Look, if there's any team that really needed and wanted him to succeed and work out, it was the Niners. And they might not quite be pulling the plug, but third, I mean, it's shades, Zach, of 2018, where Paxton Lynch ends up uh, as the third quarterback by preseason's end, and he ends up cut, you know. Now, Trey Lance, I don't want to compare him to uh, the Paxton Lynch, but it's a similar vibe in terms of where things at, uh, where things are at. Much more talented player, probably a much more, um, you know, when you talk about trying to still make things work and and tap into that potential that he's yet to realize. I would definitely trust it a little bit more in Lance, but the Broncos and he's not a Sean Payton type of quarterback per se sure. anyway. You got Russ, and things are about to get really good with Russ, even the Jerry Judy injury notwithstanding. It's going to be okay. And Michaela as well here, Zach jumping in. The Duchess. Thank love you, you. Appreciate you. She's saying, bummer about JJ. Here's the bottom line, though. She's saying it's time for Mims to show why we drafted him. And here's what Sean Payton said today about Marvin Mims. Quote, he was better today. I think he's making progress. This field that they were practicing on today, a little slick. Changed up his shoes today, and that helped him. You see it on tape. A lot of players are sliding around and whatnot. Uh, we got into a little bit longer cleat, and he had better footing. He's doing well. It's good to have him getting all these practice snaps and these punt returns. He'll play quite a bit on Saturday. And he was also, of course, asked today about Kendall Hinton. Called him smart. Called him savvy. A player that just has a good feel and a good football instinct. So the Broncos, it might end up being, Zach, when you talk about replacing Jerry Judy, it's it's more of a it takes a village approach because even today Sean Payton it's like it's too early to say how and who who or how who's going to replace him or how we're going to approach it. A little foresight goes a long way. A, a lot a lot of Broncos fans wanted George Payton to trade Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. A lot of Broncos fans were a little perplexed that they drafted traded up to draft Marvin Mims in the second round, but thank God they didn't trade Sutton. Thank God they drafted Marvin Mims because again, where would they be? right now after all the dust is cleared without those two players. But you're right, Michaela. He's a second-round pick. He's uh, very highly touted. The expectation on him was to kind of learn in year one or function as a situational deep threat. That's over with now. You have to step up. It's your time to shine, and uh, I think he's up for the challenge. Antonio in the house. Let's see what's on your mind, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate the support, big dog. It's great to see you. Longtime superstar here in our community. He says, I believe Coach Payton will get the best out of whoever fills in for Judy. Hashtag Broncos country. Buckham times nine, baby. Love it. 
that's a that's a good message for everybody, Antonio. Whoa, Mike. Uh, Mike, thank you. It's going off the chain. Top rope super chat. Thank you, Mike. Thank really you. means a lot, brother. Helping us keep the lights on here. He says, "Good evening, gentlemen. Come on, guys. Let's stay positive. To be truthful, Jerry has had trouble catching the ball. If our team is going to succeed, it's not one guy that will do it for us. Keep up the great shows. Go Broncos. No Lance. Yeah, I mean he he's a cog. He's a cog in the machine and." Um, Sean Payton's going to have to really dig into Slant God 2.0 and hope that uh, Russ can figure out how to build some chemistry with Cortland Sutton this time around. They tried last year. I mean, Russ really force-fed the ball to Cortland early in the season, and uh, it didn't work out so well. But that was in a different scheme. I was with a different Russ. That was Everything was different about last year. I understand Mike and a lot of Broncos fans are trying to like rationalize Judy's injury by pointing to his drops. But even when he's not catching the ball, his route running and the attention he draws away from the other receivers, including Cortland Sutton, including Marvin Mims is invaluable. It, it is indisputably a, a blow to the Broncos offense. It's not a death blow. It's not fatal. They can and will overcome it, but it is a little bit of a setback, and having Jerry Judy on the field is way more valuable than Jerry Judy not being on the field. Guys, just be glad that it's not a season ender. He'll be back. I mean, I don't know exactly how you define a moderate hamstring injury, but I guess that means one that would, you know, if this happened in the season, they're probably trying to rush him back by the third game, meaning he might miss two games. They want him back for the third Um but where are we at? We're on August 24th. What's the exact date uh, that the season starts? The 10th. So, look, you've got three quarters of a month for him to heal up and get treatment. Uh, Wolf, Woofy Malat, $10 super. He says, thank you, Woofy. Get well, number 10, Jerry Judy. Hashtag Buckham. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yes, get well, Jerry. And I think he's already in good spirits as Chad pops back on here. All right, guys, new mouse, dude. I got this new mouse and it has, look, has the buttons on the side. And my hand glanced it and it X'd me out. So sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, the only thing I'll say is right before we went on to do the podcast, obviously, Jerry Judy tweeted a laughing emoji and I'm interpreting that as a fairly positive sign. So he's still in good spirits. He's it's not a long-term issue. There's optimism. He could be back in the first quarter of the season and they'll be smart with him. But I, I think some level headed perspective goes a long way here with Judy. It'll be okay. Breathe guys and gals. Naj again, brother. Thank you. Number two tonight. He's saying it looks like a medium grade hamstring is a three to eight week injury. Probably means Jerry is out the first four weeks. We just can't afford a bad start. Do we know what's up with KJ Hamler's health? And I think they need him back thoughts. I mean, it is true, Zach, that it might be a subject that uh, the Broncos now feel perhaps a little bit more motivated to revisit depending on whether or not Hamler has uh, improved with that heart condition because if he hasn't, then that's that, you know? So uh, if he has, Hey, bring him back in. Can't hurt. I mean, you could bring him back, but it, it, at that point it becomes when not if he gets injured again and I'm a KJ Hamler fan, but the guy just can't stay healthy and he's given been given chance after chance after chance. I know the heart issue wasn't his fault, but He's had so many things go wrong for him that it's only a matter of time before he's on the shelf. 
you really can't replace Jerry Judy because KJ is purely a deep threat. Jerry Judy does it all. Underneath the intermediate routes, the deep routes, his route running footwork, he's a true number one wide receiver. KJ Hamler is not that. Nosh, appreciate you, brother. And it's true. The Broncos can't afford to not capitalize on a fortuitous stretch of their 17-game schedule, which is that first quarter of the season. Dirt Boy 6789, appreciate you jumping in with a super chat. Very cool. Nice to see you. Uh, we also have Mark McDonald jumping in with some massive stars. Appreciate you, bro. He says, and this is, uh, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, this you know the months begin to run together, but the reigning jersey winner uh, on Facebook. What's up, bro? He says, evening, fellas. How about our guy, Randy Gratishar, finally getting the Hall of Fame nod? Very nice uh, segue. Um, yeah, it feels good. It's not a for sure thing yet, but if you um, talk to the guys who know about the ins and outs of the Hall of Fame and follow the back door dealings, so to speak, back room dealings is about they as a finalist, he's got to get 80 percent of the the vote uh, to advance as an actual um, member of the 2024 class. It rarely happens that a finalist doesn't get that 80 percent. So, you know, I feel good about it. I told you guys on our <clears throat> pardon me, our last uh, podcast before the decision, which was Monday night. I just had a good feeling about it and uh, turned out to be good. So really, really, really happy for Randy, the Broncos, of course, but specifically Randy Gratishar, man. He's been, he's been waiting a long, long time for this. So some football justice on its way anyway, Zach, to being meted out. About damn time, too. I mean, the guy has waited probably a couple decades longer than he should have, and it's pretty sad to say, but I'm I'm happy that he'll – be inducted and he'll be alive to you know witness his induction it's not going to be after the fact so that just goes to show you how long certain broncos legends pat bowen comes to mind have waited for their their uh shot at immortality hopefully though gratishar's induction will open the door for others like mike shanahan dan reeves lewis wright and so many other broncos notables doug happy birthday brother happy Happy 61st birthday uh, blessings right back at you, my dog. I would sing you the song, but it's copyrighted and it would actually flag our channel. It's happened before. They're quite zealous with protecting their uh, copyright on that particular song. But happy birthday. I'm sure everyone in the chat wishing you as well. And thanks for uh, throwing down some stars as well on your on your birthday, big dog. Um, real quick, Zach, um, let's grab Gary and then let's talk about this trade rumor. GLP in the house, the swashbuckler himself. Thank you, Gary. Hi, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Scott. Sad about Jerry Judy, but we can't clutch our pearls. No one is irreplaceable. Go Broncos and Buckham. I would say that on this team, there's one player irreplaceable. It's Russell Wilson. Everyone else, you can find a way, make a way. Um, so I feel I feel okay about it. Like it's not great, but I'm not going, oh man, Zach. Emergency mile high huddle meeting. We have to all get together and kind of re-forecast how we see this season playing out. Those conversations aren't happening. I would argue that PS2 is uh, pretty close to irreplaceable as well. But, you know, fortunately, like Chad was talking about, we're not discussing an injury to Russell Wilson. Knock wood. We're not discussing an injury to Patrick Sertan. It is Jerry Judy. He's one of the team's best players. But 
They're still fairly well-stocked in that department, and Jerry Judy will be back at some point this year. So Gary's right. Don't clutch your pearls. Don't hyperventilate. It will be okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, whoops. Oh, we'll grab Scott. All right, one more. Scott, bro, good to see you tonight, my dog. Appreciate you. He's saying, unfortunately, in football, injuries happen, but I believe we have other players to fill in and great haircut. Zach, give him some props. Appreciate um, you, Scott. So, yes, indeed, brother. All right, Zach, let's talk about this other aspect real quick. So, for those of you who follow the NFL at large, you heard earlier this week, the Indianapolis Colts granted, reportedly, according to Adam Schefter, Jonathan Taylor, the running back, his request to seek a trade. A couple of days go by. Cecil Lammy reports today that the Broncos, he's here in the Broncos and the Dolphins are the two teams that uh, are showing the most interest in Taylor, which was interesting. We start writing it up, and I think it was Benjamin Albright had the uh, report within, I don't know, maybe an hour of, of Cecil saying, I checked with sources. The Broncos are fans of Taylor's game, but they're currently not uh, interested in trading for him. So that's the scuttlebutt. What do you make of it? This is even stupider of an idea than going after Trey Lance. Why, if there's any position the Broncos don't need right now, if there's one team that doesn't make sense for, for Taylor, it's them. You have Pookie coming back miraculously. He's a freaking alien. He's worked his tail off to come back for week one and even preseason 100%. It'd be disrespectful, number one, to bring in a player to supplant him or trade him out in a deal for Taylor. Uh, number two, you paid Samaj P. Ryan to be the RB2 or RB1 in waiting. Why would you bump him down the depth chart? And number three, with the emergence of Jaleel McLaughlin, you have your top three set. You have two big bruising bangers and you have your change of pace scat back. Why the hell would you want Jonathan Taylor, who's becoming a cancer now in Indianapolis, couldn't stay healthy last year. He's going to want an enormous contract at a time when no team is willing to pay running backs big money and to give up a draft pick on top of that and or a player. It makes zero sense to me, Chad. I don't see a lot of sense for it either based on Pookie's recovery and the emergence, as you mentioned, of Jalil McLaughlin. Um, but he is only 24 years old. Yes, he had problems staying healthy last year, but his first year as a rookie in 2020, he starts 13 games, rushes for 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. Year two, he literally takes the NFL by storm, 1,800-something yards, 18 touchdowns last year, even getting injured and only starting 11 games. He still almost breaks 900 rushing yards. Um, but if you add up Zach, so there's pros, there's cons, there's trade-offs. All right. You look at him, you go, all right, he's only 24. He does want to get paid. That's why there's an issue here. And the Colts are kind of not really excited about rolling out the Brinks truck on a player who's coming off an injured type season. Uh, if you look at his, college career at Wisconsin maybe not quite Zach as flagellated as say Monte Ball coming out talking about Wisconsin guys but he did have well over uh, 1300 touches in three seasons at Wisconsin and then you take that and you throw in his three years as a pro roughly 900 touches and that 24 
years old thing it makes him seem maybe closer to like 27, 28. So he's wanting a max contract for a running back at 24, like some of the other guys that uh, we've talked about on the show this offseason that uh, whose teams were not playing ball, Saquon Barkley, etc. But he's he's you got to wonder a little bit about his tread. And I'm not trying to throw shade on him because I do think he's he's got a uh he's a killer running back, one injured season. I'm not jumping to conclusions. But the Broncos don't need him right now as far as fit and situation, and I do worry about that. Yeah, I'm not knocking Taylor the player. He's a tremendous running back, and uh, wherever he goes, he's going to be successful. But I I just – first of all, trading for a guy coming off an injury with all that's going on in Denver right now wouldn't be very smart. Number two, you have – three guys that have been entrenched that know the system, know the playbook uh, have been performing. You have a truly um, dynamic backfield with all three. Why would you bring him in? Why do you need him? If you want to make a trade for a player, Chad, how about a tackle? How about a guard? How about a defensive end? Why a running back? Or even, you know, if, if we were worried about Jerry's prognosis, like, Hey, any resources you might use to get Jonathan Taylor in Denver might want to hold on to him in case you got to use him on a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't, you know, it's hard to say. Cecil Lammy, a uh, friend, great guy. I love his football insights. He's reporting this. He's not normally a guy that's kind of in the uh, news breaking game, so to speak. He is an insider, though. So what he's hearing, you got to weigh it, you got to measure it. Albright, much more in the kind of breaking news. Uh, that's my bread and butter arena. Um, that's what got him his job at KOA and all that stuff. So you kind of have to weigh which one is the veracity of which, right? Which one is you're more likely to believe. Um, after the Jerry Judy injury, I think the Broncos, if, even if they were, Zach, interested in Taylor, I think they kind of pause and reset and kind of, go, all right, we got bigger fish to fry. Now we got to figure out how we're going to move forward offensively without our number one receiver. The Broncos haven't had a day one pick for two years. They've been limited in day two picks even because of trades they made. Why would you want to go out and and trade for a position that's going the way of the Dodo bird? No one wants to pay a running back right now, including Taylor's own team. The Broncos have three really good ones, but yeah, let's go out, trade a high round draft pick and or a player, pay this guy a massive salary for what? Doesn't make sense. Um, Phil down in Tucson. What's up, brother? Really appreciate you. So great to hear from you tonight saying good evening to everybody. I have a feeling we should keep seven receivers this year, and it might make sense to test the waters on Donovan peoples Jones hashtag Buckham. I met you for life. Go Broncos. Um, I heard that quite a bit on Twitter today too, Zach going after Donovan peoples Jones. What do you think? I mean, based on what I've seen out of him in Cleveland, he's a decent receiver, but is he better than Mims or Callaway or Brandon Johnson, all of whom, again, have been in the system, have been in the playbook, have been on the practice field in the preseason games for Sean Payton? Is is DPJ worth a draft pick, or would you rather keep that draft pick and uh, put that elsewhere and go, go to war with what you have already? I mean, honestly, I think the Judy injury is good news for – the two former Saints competing in Broncos yeah. uh, training camp, both Callaway and Humphrey. Uh, I think Callaway 
had sort of failed to impress anybody too much up to this point, but Peyton now he's going, all right, I'm down a guy and I know I can make hay with Callaway. He may not have had the most impressive camp. He hasn't really flashed yet in the preseason, but I know what I've got. Like this is a known quantity. You know, he had a very productive uh, season under Peyton in Peyton's final uh, year in new Orleans. And that's a known quantity. So I got to feel like this probably helps his outlook initially anyway, making the roster. And Humphrey, it's like, hey, get out there, wide receivers, this weekend, preseason finale against the Rams. It's really time to step up and show uh, show these coaches that maybe you can fit in to the first-team offense, even as a rotational guy, because that's another thing Sean Payton talked about today, which is you know, we all get kind of hung up on who our starters are, who's the X, who's the Z. Not the first time he's talked about this, by the way, since he came to Denver. But we do a lot of, like, rotational stuff. Sometimes he'll be the Z. Sometimes he'll be talking about Jerry. Sometimes he'll be the sub guy, da-da-da. Same goes for some of these other guys. Just because they're number five or six on the depth chart, when a regular season week one starts, for example, doesn't mean they're not going to see the field in a Sean Payton offense, even with everybody healthy. By the way, I had to pull it up in front of me. Uh, even though he played all 17 games last season, Peoples-Jones missed five games in 2020, or four games, and then three games in 2021. So if there's any player the Broncos would go after, it's a guy who's an Iron Man who doesn't miss time, who's reliable, not injury-prone, because you might as well bring back KJ Hamler at that point. You can't keep bringing in injured players with injury jackets in history and then act surprised when they get injured. It's what happens, and the Broncos have done this at every spot, right tackle, receiver, you name it, throughout the years. Indeed. Um, we're going to grab real quick Justin, but um, I just wanted to give another shout-out to Scott. Bro, big boy stars again. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you, my friend. We're kind of rushing to get to the next topic, but just want to make sure you feel the love, big dog. Appreciate you. Um, speaking of feeling the love, we got Justin jumping in on Facebook. What's up? He says, good evening, fellas. What do you think about trying to pick up, say, Jarvis Landry? Zach? I don't know. Meh. I, I, he's a good blocker. I'll give him that. So he would help out the running game. But I wonder... I don't know his age off the top of my head, but I wonder how much he has left in the tank. He's been uh, through some pretty tough seasons since uh, coming out of Miami with the Dolphins, and uh, I just don't see his value. And again, if you bring aboard a player that has a previous injury history, more than likely they will get injured again. So instead of th – I'm assuming he's in his 30s, Jarvis Landry, by now. Instead of barely. Instead of picking him up, why not go with a 20-something-year-old in Brandon Johnson or a 20-something-year-old in uh, Marvin Mims? Give those guys the first crack and leave the wash players where they are, which is on the street. When it comes to Jarvis Landry, as my pa would say, my grandpa, R.I.P., washed. Washed. 100%. All right. Um, besides, Jarvis Landry, even when he was in his prime, couldn't come close to replacing that that route running twitch, that speed. He was more of like a short area possession, yeah. like a smaller possession guy. Um, okay, we're at 40 minutes, guys. We're doing decent on time. But any burning topics, get it in the chat, and we will do our best to get to them before we dip on out of here. Uh, Keith says, why trade the running back you've been looking for why trade the running back you've been looking for and get a cornerback? That's what I said when the Portis-Bailey trade happened. You never know. Meaning like, hey, 
you know, you can't miss the forest for the trees, etc. But listen, in that particular case, you have a couple things that were quite different than currently, Keith. Number one, Shanahan was a 4D chess kind of guy. Not to say that Peyton's not, but number two, Shanahan at that point was now, what, eight, nine, eight, nine years into his tenure as Broncos head coach. He was already a two-time world champ, and he had proven that he could get 1,000 yards out of a fullback, dude. Ruben Drones became a 1,000-yard rusher for this cat. So he was like, you know, and I think that actually predated Drones, but still, I mean, up to that point, you had guys from Terrell Davis, Orlandis Gary, um, Portis coming in. Like, he felt pretty good about the running game is going to be okay. We'll find other horses here. But finding the best cornerback in the league or or having a shot at the – best cornerback in the league that's a that's a uh blessing i don't want to pass up on and if you go back zach and i know this predates your time talk you know on the bronco beat but the broncos were in no great shape at cornerback when that was made it was a roster weakness and bailey mm-hmm. definitely strengthened it and um you know they struggled for a long time giving him a decent compliment dre Bly worked out a little bit uh, later in his career he had some decent help um, especially his last two years with Chris Harris Jr. in the slot. But still, I just don't think that's quite an apples to apples. But I get what he's trying to he- say here, Zach, that, hey, if you can get like a great – if you can get greatness, get greatness because you don't know what the limits of that might be. I think you're exactly right when you talked about it being a different time. That was, what, 2004? Uh, and in Mike Shanahan fleeced. Washington in that deal. I'm talking about no lube. You got a Hall of Fame cornerback and I believe a second round pick in return for Clinton Portis. And back then, by the way, the NFL was a one running back system. That's why that trade happened and the Broncos got the better of it. But nowadays, I just can't see the the Broncos making that same deal. Player for player trades are rare enough as it is. And um, I'm very, very high on the collection of Broncos running backs that are in the backfield. Scott's just pointing out uh, that we have Mile High Huddle video running on pro football reference right now. And that is thanks to the long arm of Sports Illustrated syndication, I guess. But that's pretty cool to see. Pretty cool to see. Keith, appreciate you, big dog. Glad to have you in the chat contributing to the conversation, my friend. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let me see here. There was another one after him. Let's grab this from from uh, the Mile High Dutchie real quick. Current receivers have some chemistry with Russ. New ones coming that will take time, uh, which we don't have, in my opinion. So if you really had to consolidate, all right, under the now uh, perfect knowledge that Jerry Judy is not going to be available for probably the next month, then you really get serious about Cortland Sutton. You get serious about Marvin Mims. Who's that next guy? Who's that Who's that third guy? It's got to be either Brandon Johnson or Marquez Callaway. And these are veteran receiver, or in Callaway's case, a veteran receiver. In Johnson's case, a, a young player with tangible upside. But I agree with Albert here. I've been saying this all podcast tonight. I'd rather go with what the Broncos have in-house, bet on them, see if you can't mine some gold uh, from that rubble than bring in a wash player like a – uh, Sammy Watkins, Julio Jones, um, who we're just talking about the receiver of the Broncos. And we're just talking about the, 
uh, Jarvis Landry. Why? Oh, why bring them in and hope that the, hope it's not a guarantee they'll form chemistry with Russ. Hope they're not washed. Hope they have any sort of upside or athleticism left in their bodies. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Sean Payton is a has a proven track record of developing wide receivers. Again, turning no names, unknowns into damn good pass catchers. I'd rather bet on him and bet on the Johnsons and the Callaways than the Landrys and the Watkins. I mean, even uh, Marcus Colston, I mean, late round pick. Exactly. No one was expecting much out of that dude. And he became the most prolific play, uh, receiver in Saints history. Um, and Aki, yeah, you're right. Mike was that uh, did precede Clinton Portis. So you had Terrell Davis, Orlandis Gary, Mike Anderson, Clinton Portis. So you had four individual thousand plus yard rushers. Uh, I mean, probably the only year off the top of my head, maybe two of those years from the time Shanahan arrived, they did not have a thousand yard rusher. Um, so he, he felt pretty confident in being able to deal Portis, uh, for, for an all pro corner Todd saying, I remember the Portis champ trade being viewed as a good trade for both teams because the results and success of both players. I don't know. I don't remember, uh, Portis having that much success, not, not to say that he wasn't uh, productive, but I mean, it, I don't have his stats right in front of me, but so I'm going off memory here, but I don't remember him ever coming close to the level of production he had in those two years in Denver. I mean, he was a 1500 yard, 15 touchdown guy. Those two years. Clinton Portis was a good to very good running back. Whereas Chant Bailey is a hall of fame corner. One of the best to ever suit up at that position. And the way you're breaking it down, the, the running back success and Mike Anderson, Ruben Drones, I have one thing to say. Get Mike Shanahan in the Hall of Fame already. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, real quick segue to String Guy. I'm sorry to hear about this. The singer of his, uh, his friend and former singer of his band or his project passed away yesterday from a heart attack. So String Guy sent me some pictures of his guitars also sent me a song and uh i guess the singer of that on the song i heard scott heard it too uh passed on i'm sorry to hear that bro thoughts and prayers 58 is too young my friend so thoughts and prayers really really hate hearing that big dog um okay uh let's grab this real quick from nick and then i think maybe zach will kind of wind it down nick hale Chad and Zach, sorry I'm late to the show. Are we cursed with our receivers? I was so high on Patrick. Now Judy for at least a month. What is happening? Hashtag BTG, MHH baby. Yeah, it's a deep breath moment, guys. Uh, it's not panic. It's trust your coach now. I mean, you're in that situation where it's like Zach was just talking about. Trust Sean Payton's discerning eye. Trust his ability to, to develop and maximize wide receivers. And don't panic until you really have a reason to Until it's coming out in the wash in a way that says, okay, where's that panic button? Smash it. Is it good? No, we don't love it. We hate it. We don't like to hear it. We don't want to see it, but it's not uh, to me, Zach, it's not throwing a wet blanket on 2023 at all. Mm. Even if it was a season ender, I would be saying this and it's not, they're going to get him back at some point in the first quarter of the season. It's going to be okay. 
But Nick, I I do believe there's a non-zero chance the Broncos are cursed. There's a non-zero chance that Elway cut some sort of deal to get that Super Bowl win against the Carolina Panthers. We have to hope, though, this is the end of it. This is the last injury the Broncos will have, and they can have a healthy, productive year. All right, all right, let's settle this, because maybe my memory of Clinton Portis is just whack. All right, no, no. So 02, 03 is two years in Denver, 1,500 yards plus 15 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns, respectively. Year one in Washington, 1,300 yards, five touchdowns, plus 40 receptions. Year two, Zach, <coughs> pardon me, uh, 1,500 yards. So, <clears throat> sorry, frog in my throat. He did have two comparable seasons. Like You could argue three comparable seasons in Washington. So, 1,300, that's close enough to say comparable, Zach, to a 1,500-yard season. Another 1,500-yard season. And then... 2008, a basically a, just shy of a 1,500-yard season, and then sprinkle in one more 1,200-yard season. So, yeah, I'm wrong on that, guys. I'm wrong on that. He earned Pro Bowl. He earned second-team All-Pro, <clears throat> pardon me, in 2008, and uh, Pro Bowl in 2008. So, I don't know. Compared to, I guess, and you're probably right on that, Keith, in the moment where you're talking about how it's perceived in uh, while we're in it, that it was a fair trade, probably true. But when you look back on it through the lens of history, unfortunately, though, Zach, the problem is even though Mike Shanahan got a Hall of Famer out of it, he didn't make the best decisions with the draft picks and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So unfortunate. I, I player for player though, Portis was a really good running back, but it still boils down to a running back versus a shutdown cornerback. And there's four integral positions in the NFL and football franchise quarterback, franchise left tackle, franchise pass rusher, and franchise cornerback, like uh, PS2 is now. Running backs and on that list. I will make that trade all day, every day, whether it's 2004 or 2023. The Broncos won that. Man, he should have tried to come back one more year, though, so Portis, so that he could have crossed 10K uh, on the ground, man. He came just short. All right, guys, um, what else is there today? We've covered all the main news topics, I think. So um, we're, we got a few messages for you. And then tomorrow, Friday, Saturday's the game. So lots going to be happening in the next few days. It was a another tremendous tremendous episode of the mhh podcast if you're not doing so follow us on twitter at the mhh pod you can follow the main account on twitter as you see or as you're hearing at mile high huddle chad at chad and jensen myself at kelberman nfl and scott our producer at scout kennedy if you guys want some of our merch including bucka merchandise we're always promoting it's good stuff i promise you that check out mhhmerch.com and get yo swag on if you haven't drop us a like at facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Uh, follow us on IG at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen, baby. Shout out to the great supporters tonight on Facebook. Scott going off, Mark going off, Claude going off, Phil, Doug, Lawrence, Justin. Appreciate you guys. Did we get a Lawrence question? I'm not sure that we did. He might have just thrown up stars. I don't know if he had a question or comment. Our great super chat superstars, David McElrath, Jonathan Ward, KB82, 
Naj Altaf, legend, Cloud9TK, The Duchess, Michaela Parker, Antonio, Mike Edel, Woofy, uh, Naj again, love you, bro. Dirty Boy, 6789, Gary Palmer, much love and respect to you guys. Really appreciate you. And yeah, Saturday we'll have the, the game. There'll be a gut reaction after. You'll for sure hear from yours truly, possibly Zach as well that night. But if not, we'll both be back on the on the in the saddle, so to speak, Sunday night. So can't wait. Who's going to be tailgating? He wants to know. Uh, for which, like generally speaking, Saturday, I don't know. Who's going to be? I don't know. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I won't be there for that. But uh, we'll be there October 22nd. Going to be That's dope. Right. Hope to see you guys there. But anyway, much love and respect, guys. Have a great weekend. Really quickly, NorCal, I'm late to the pod. Did they say how long Judy is out? Cliff Notes version, he has a moderate hamstring injury. He's out several weeks, uh, probably including week one, but it's not a long-term issue. He could be back in the first quarter of the season. Hope that answers that. Uh, as Chad was saying, though, have a great start to your weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.